you turn your Bibles with me to Mark, the seventh chapter, and the twenty seventh verse. Praise the name of the Lord. Mark the seventh chapter and the twenty seventh verse. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. Let's pray and ask God to bless the reading of his word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and we thank you because we know that you're here to minister to our needs. Now open this word to the lives and the hearts of every one of these people, uh, and we're going to give you praise, and we're going to thank you for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. This little Greek mother had come to Jesus, and she desired of him to cast the devil out of her daughter. And most of us here, as we've read the Word of God and you've seen the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that Jesus' ministry was to the Jew. And when this Greek mother came to Jesus desiring of him that he would cast the devil out of her daughter, Jesus turned back. And I want you to listen to what he said to her. Let the children be fed first. For it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. That would have been enough to stop a lot of us right there. Amen. It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And when he had said this saying unto the woman, she looked right back at him with a determination in her heart and in her mind and with a desire in her soul. And she had made up her mind that she was going to have the very desires of her heart. Uh, She had come to Jesus with an open mind uh, and ready to receive and would not take any other kind of an answer. She said, True, O Master, I may not be more than a dog. I may not be more than anything uh, uh, than a dog in the eyes of God. But she said, The dogs under the table feed from the children's crumbs. And when the woman had made this statement, I want you to notice what Jesus said to her. He said, For this saying, for what thou hast said, you just spoke deliverance to your daughter. Hallelujah. For this saying, thy daughter hath been made whole. Now, did you notice what he said there? He didn't say because of your faith or your daughter's faith or because of your believing, but he said, for this saying, for the word that you have spoken, this word has spoken deliverance for your daughter. Hallelujah. 
Now, I want you to think about that because we've talked many, many times about speaking the Word and having faith in God and believing in our heart. And whatever the need is that we need God to meet, we speak it with faith in our hearts and, and in our mind and that our mouth confesses it and it brings to pass deliverance. Now, in this case, uh, the children's bread here was healing and deliverance. Her daughter had a devil and she needed to be free. And so this woman in this particular case, when she spoke for the crumbs from the children's table, it was referring to a deliverance and a healing for her daughter. And when a man believes and recognizes the Lordship of Jesus Christ over him, it brings power for eternal life into his heart and to his life. And you know, this is what this woman was recognizing when Jesus was standing there. It was more than just a confession of what he said, of what she said, but it was a recognition of the Lordship and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ over her, over the children, over everybody that was mentioned there. And she said, true, I may not be any more than this, but I'm glad to feast off of the crumbs if it be no more than that. Because faith is not a something that is created in your intellect. But it's a human spirit released in confidence and in faith under the things of God and upon God's Word. So a man believes in his heart, and then he makes a confession with his mouth. And I believe this woman had already believed. She had already accepted. She knew when she went down there that God was going to set her daughter free. And she had made this agreement and, and acceptance in her mind. And when she spoke it and made confession with her mouth to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the instant confession brought the deliverance of that child. And she was instantly healed and set free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the word lordship actually really means the bread provider. Think about it. The bread provider. And when she came to him in recognizing this principle of the children's bread, he was providing and ministering to the needs that this woman had. And the only one who is able to sustain and provide and protect and to care for us is Jesus and the power of God. And if we're going to have this kind of a ministry upon our lives and receive it, that we must accept Jesus Christ and the Lordship of Jesus over each one of us, that He might be our bread provider in every situation that we face. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. Now, if we're His children, He's our Father. Glory. And He is responsible for His children. You see, many of you here that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. The moment that you bring children into the world, you have a responsibility for those children. And these are one of the things that you consider. A lot of people, they won't get married until they get a lot of money laid up in the bank. I had some young people come to me one time, and they said, we don't want to get married until we have lots of money. I said, why? Because they said it's a responsibility. And we're going to, if we get married, we're allowed to have children. If we have children, then we're going to be responsible for the children. We've got to take care of them. I said, well, it's good that you have this kind of an attitude, but if you wait till you get a lot of money, you may never get married. Hallelujah. Amen. But what they were saying was that there's a responsibility over a family. If I am God's child and God is my father, and I'm aware of this, 
And I believe that all of us are because we speak of it so often. We talk about God being our Father and we talk about being the children of God and all the things that God gives and provides for us. But the problem of it is sometimes we, we understand this in the intellect, but we have not really actually received it in our heart to the acceptance of Jesus Christ and His Lordship over us to be able to provide and minister to the needs that we have. You see, God is my Father, therefore He is responsible. I'll never forget when I went out on the evangelistic field the first time, one of the most frightening experiences of my life. You know, you go through some frightening experiences. I, I was just thinking of Brother Kurt going up to uh, Blythe. God bless him. Amen. <laughs> He was up here every night, brother. Now, you pray for me. You'll be sure and pray for me down there. I know God's going to bless me. And I, I said, brother, I know he is. But, you know, I, I could identify with what he was feeling because there was a frightening experience going into a new city, going into an area that he'd never been before, doing something that he'd never done before. And here it was upon him. What's going to happen to me? And I remember when God spoke to me to go out on the evangelistic field and, and told me to minister, and I had no place to go, had no meetings lined up, nothing and as far as I was concerned. And, and I got ready to leave, and God had made it so plain and so real to me that I was to go out on the evangelistic field. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. This was all settled. And just before I left, I went in, and I got down upon my knees, and I prayed, and I said, God, I'm leaving this church. I'm going out on the evangelistic field and I don't have any place to go. I don't have a place to hold a revival. Nobody's invited me. And as far as the logic or the intellect is concerned, I doubt very seriously if they will. But I'm not going by the logic nor the intellect. I'm going by your command. You told me to go. Hallelujah. And I said, Lord, upon your command, I'm going to leave. But I said, God, I have a family to provide for. And I said, Lord, I have no means of provision for that family. But I said, God, I'm your child. You are my father. And you have promised to provide and to minister to every need that I have. And I said, God, upon this basis, uh, I'm putting my life in your trust. And if my needs and the family is not able to be taken care of, it's your responsibility. And I said, God, we're going from that point on. Hallelujah. And you know we left, and I've told you the story many times, uh, how God provided over and over and over again, just opened up the windows of heaven and brought it in. Uh, if I am God's child, uh, He is my Father, then that means that He is responsible to be able to meet my needs just as sure as you're responsible to meet the needs of your children. Can you say amen? The bread provider. He is your bread provider. And He wants to minister to all the needs that you have. Hallelujah. So if you take your position as a son and you recognize this and enter into it, then God will take His position as a father. Glory to God. Even the prodigal, when he left, the father would have gladly taken his position as a father and received him back, but he could not until the prodigal returned and took his position as a son. Hallelujah. And if you do not limit God, brother, you're limitless. Amen. You're limitless. We're serving a God that has no limitations at all. A God that is not bound by any source or by anything. And He is my Father and His Spirit dwells within me. So therefore, if I, by my own thinking and my own actions and my mind do not limit God, that puts me in a limitless position. I'm able to look at every situation just like the Apostle Paul 
and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah. Because God is my Father. He is my provider. He is able to minister to every need. And you know, sometimes we get into positions that we think, well, I know uh, if I just had this, I could do it. And if I just had that, I could do it. One man told me, he said, man, I'd, I'd go out and preach the gospel too. God healed for me like He did for all Roberts. Amen. I'd do this if God would provide for me like He does for somebody else. God would send people in for me like He does for Billy Graham. But you see, we are the children of God, and God is our Father. Therefore, we must take our position as His children. He will take His position as our Father and begin to minister and bring forth every need according to our own needs and according to the things that we're capable of handling in this life. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? You will be talking, and you'll be taking responsibilities you'll be ha- that you've never taken before. You'll be entering into places that you've never entered into before. You'll be accomplishing things that you've never accomplished before just because you have recognized your position as a son. And God is His position as a father. And you walk in that light, hallelujah, in the instruction and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, then He can minister through you. See, the problem is that so often we kind of get outside of our own realm. We leave God over here. We know God is Lord and we sing it. He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. And we believe that, but we have a tendency to get our own mind and our own will and our own activities in gear. And we just kind of walk out here on our own. Just far enough that we know where He's at, but also out here far enough that we can do it the way that we choose to do it instead of what God says. And when you find yourself in that position, you're not under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and neither are you under His provision. Hallelujah. I want you to look at the text again. He said to the woman, For this same, for this same, what she said brought what she desired. Just like Jesus said to the disciples, If thou say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and, and be thou cast into the sea, and doubt not in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And in this particular chapter, chapter, he spoke to her and he said, For this saying, what she said was what she, what she desired, and she received nothing will keep God from doing His Word but you. I believe that. Nothing will keep God from ministering what He said in the Bible but you. I remember preaching one time on deliverance and healing in a church. I had a lady pastor. And there's nothing against lady pastors if there happen to be any of those here tonight. But she came to me afterwards and she said, I just want to ask you a question. She said, can you honestly tell me that everybody you pray for is healed? I said, no, ma'am, I sure wouldn't tell you that. She says, well, how can you get up there and tell everybody then that everybody that, that, that God's willing to heal everybody? I said, well, let me ask you a question. Can you honestly tell me that everybody you preach to is saved? She said, well, of course not. Anybody be foolish to say that. I said, well, how can you get up there and tell all those people that God's willing to save everybody? She said, well, He is. I said, well, He's willing to heal them. She said, well, why aren't they healed? I said, why aren't they saved? 
She said, that's different. I said, no, ma'am, I don't believe it's any different at all. She said, well, I, I, I know that there are people that are not going to receive God. I said, there are people that are not going to be healed. People not going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. People that are not going to receive the things of God. He's promised it there. And he said it and doesn't change the Word of God. Someone told me, what are you going to do? He said, you come as an evangelist. You come in here and preach to people and say, God heals and God saves and God delivers. And he said, then you go merrily on your way to another church to hold a revival. And the people come to me and say, how come I didn't get it? And i got to give the answers. Amen. I said, brother, you don't have to give any answers. God's the one who wrote it down. And I don't care if we prayed for everybody until we dropped dead and not one person was healed. It doesn't change what God said. God said it. And I believe what He said. And I believe God will fulfill because the Bible says that God cannot lie. That God will fulfill everything that He said He would fulfill. God will do whatever He said. And if He doesn't do it, the only one that can stop Him is you. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But down inside of every one of you that are here tonight has been created a, a little God-given image called the will. And if you choose to resist and to turn from God, you can do it. And God Himself cannot force you into a place of salvation. God cannot force it upon you, but He's there. And so I am totally convinced that the only one that can prevent God from doing what He wants to do is you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This little woman had heard what God would do, what God would do. She heard about blind eyes. She heard about deaf ears. Uh, she heard about devils coming out. Uh, and her mind was made up, I'm going to have what this man has to give. My daughter is possessed. There's nothing in, in the way that's going to keep my daughter from being set free. I wish I could see a lot of parents that felt that way today. You know, they'll come in and say, well, now I wonder why he's like this. Are you living for Jesus? Oh, yes. Why? Well, I've been a Christian all my life, but I just can't understand why he's like this. You know, this woman had desire upon her heart. She knew what it was. She knew it was a devil. And even though she wasn't one of the children of God at that time, she came with faith and trust in God, and she came with her heart and her mind open, and she knew that she could have what she believed in because she had heard. She had heard of his healing. She had heard of people that were blind seeing and the lame walking and the lepers that were cleansed. And because she was heard, she had faith because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I honestly believe that that little woman had heard of the miracle working power of Jesus Christ and had heard of the tremendous things that He was doing. And from what she heard, she released herself unto God. And faith was released in her heart by that very word that she had heard. And she came to Jesus with that little woman to be set free. Hallelujah. She received when she acted on the will of God. Even though it was not God's purpose for Jesus to come and minister to the Gentiles, even though that was not in the plan, this woman came and acted upon the will of God, released faith, trusted in God, and because of the fact she acted upon it, she received. Hallelujah. Jesus said, For this saying, the very thing that you have spoken, your daughter is going to be made whole. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, uh, For of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom 
and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Hallelujah. Think of that. For of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, and, and righteousness and sanctification and wisdom and, re- and redemption. Glory to God. For things Christ has been made unto us. Hallelujah. Christ has been made unto us. Now I want you to know that those four things that they listed there, that Christ has been made unto us, has a tremendous meaning and an impact upon every person. Do you believe that? And I want you to know something else. You had nothing to do with Christ being made. It was totally out of your hands. Everything that He did is totally out of your hands. God did this for us and it is settled. Hallelujah. It's all taken care of. And it's a true thing that we can accept and believe in today. God has settled it. Hallelujah. And regardless of how I feel, regardless of my inner feelings or anything else, what He said when He brought all of these things to pass, uh, that Christ has made unto us wisdom and redemption and sanctification uh, and all of these things, uh, that was settled. And it doesn't matter how I feel about it. doesn't matter what's going on inside of me. It does not change one iota what God said and what He means. I remember when I got up one morning, after revival service, going to bed and feeling so tremendously anointed in the Spirit of the Lord after coming out of a revival. Got up in the morning and felt like I'd backslidden in my sleep. You've all done that one time or another. And I got up and didn't feel saved. Didn't even feel saved. It's like a young man that came to me that had just gotten saved in the church and he come up and he said, I want you to pray for me, Brother Master. I, re- I-, I-, I want to get right with God. I said, well, you just got right with God Sunday. He said, well, I know, but I lost it somewhere. And I said, you did? What happened? Well, he says, I don't really know. And I said, well, how do you know you lost it then? He said, well, I don't feel it. He said, when I came down Sunday, I felt it. No, I said, I really felt good. But he said, I don't feel it anymore, so somewhere I've lost it. I said, no, brother, you didn't lose it. I said, you're just going through the very stages of growth when the enemy comes against you and tries to make you feel like you're not saved. And he begins to take many of the things out of your life that you thought you felt. And now it's time for you to begin to grow and to develop your life upon what God said and not what you felt. Hallelujah. When you come to that altar and you feel the joy and the power of God, it's wonderful. And you know that it's real. But there comes a time when you start basing your life on God's Word and not upon feelings or sensation. All of those things are good. But the Word of God is the thing that counts. Can you say amen? I got up that morning. I said, God, I don't even feel saved. I feel like if I die, I go to hell. I know I won't. At least I hope I won't. But I said, God, I don't feel right, and I don't feel like I could pray for anybody, and I don't feel like this. And all of a sudden, God just spoke to me and said, Since when did your feelings have any bearing on my word, mister? Hallelujah. I never forgot that lodged in my head. I said, That's right, God. I don't have any any right to judge your word by feelings. doesn't matter how I feel. It's what God said. By the word of God, the worlds were framed. They were brought into existence by the Word. There was nothing there to feel when the Word was spoken. Amen? And I'm not judged by the way that I feel today, but it's by the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And my feelings doesn't have anything to do with it at all. He said unto us, Christ was made unto us wisdom. Ooh, that blesses me. 
Glory to God. I would to God that more of God's saints would develop a little bit of this, uh, what God was made unto you for. Come on. You know you have that right. And we need wisdom. Praise God. The pastor needs wisdom to be able to minister to you and to, and to uh, cope with some of the difficulties and one of the pro- some of the problems that he has to come against. You need wisdom. Come on. As I'll tell you something, the big part of the ministry, you know, a lot of young people, and I, I see them say, oh, I just can't hardly wait to get out and preach, and I can't hardly get out and preach and, and serve God. And I think, my Lord, you don't, you don't see it all yet. Because the biggest part of the ministry is surely not preaching the gospel. Amen. Amen. Biggest part of the gospel is keeping the saints from killing each other. Amen. Brother, that takes wisdom. Hallelujah. To keep them from killing each other without you getting killed in the midst of it. It's true. God was made. He made Jesus Christ unto us wisdom. And He imparted unto us wisdom. God wants us to have wisdom. The Bible talks about Solomon and how he prayed. He said, oh God, I've got to work with these people. I've got to minister to the people of Israel. And he said, God, I'd like money and all these things, sure. But the most important thing to me right now is wisdom. And God planted it into his heart and began to give him those things. And the Bible said that Jesus Christ was made unto us wisdom. And I have a right to claim wisdom in those situations. And wisdom that is far above my own natural ability. Hallelujah. It's not the wisdom of man, but it is the wisdom of God that can come down and implant in your heart the very thing that you must do at the time you ought to do it. Hallelujah. You know, there's wisdom that we don't even know sometimes that we're giving. Amen. I remember ministering to a couple up in Northern California. Well, it wasn't a couple at that time. They were a couple, but... Half the couple wasn't there. And the Lord spoke to me about the woman said, her and her husband said, I've laid a ministry upon their heart and their life. He said, I want you to go to them, pray for them, minister to them. And he said, you just speak what I give you to say and tell them they need to sell everything they've got, get back out of the ministry and I'll bless them. And so I went down to the woman and I told her, I said, you have been called of God. You and your husband. And the Lord has laid upon you a ministry that you are to perform for the Lord Jesus Christ. But I said, you are not in that ministry now and you're not fulfilling it. And I said, deep down inside you feel the regret of this thing. But I said, I want to give you a word of wisdom tonight. If you get out of this situation that you're in now, get back out on the field, God will bless you in a way that you've never been blessed before. Now, the woman, she began to weep and cry. Well, you know, that had nothing. That wasn't my wisdom. It had nothing to do with it because I didn't even know them, know their situation or anything of that nature. And so, two years passed and I was holding revival in another church. And a pastor told me, he said, I was having a singing group that was going to be in our church tonight. And he said, when I heard your revival's going to be that time, I called him to cancel him and tell him that I have him another night. But they said, no, we want to be there with Brother Messer because it's because of him that we're in the ministry. And he says, he told me their names. I didn't know who they were. 
And so when I came out that night, there they were, sitting on the platform, that young woman and her husband that I'd ministered to two years ago up there in Northern California. She said, Brother, she said, you gave us a word of wisdom that came from God. She said, we went home. I told my husband. He didn't quite accept it. And he said that we had taken all of our things that we had. We lost our home. We lost our car. We lost everything we possessed. My husband lost his job. My husband's dad died. Everything began to go wrong. And she said, I told him, said, don't you remember when that evangelist called us out and told us that God was giving us a word of wisdom to get back out? And she said, we went back out on the field. And she said, in six months, God had provided and supplied everything that we lost simply because we obeyed the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, God can help you in situations. And I'll tell you something. If I was in a situation where I needed extreme wisdom... I'd rather talk to a Christian, a man of God, a person that has the anointing of God on their heart and their life, and no more than a sixth grade education than a lawyer. Hallelujah. Know ye not the saints are going to judge the world? God is implanted into the minds of God's people who will receive and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and His Lordship, wisdom, hallelujah, that can be given one to another to strengthen and encourage and uplift and to help us in the trials that we go through. Every day we can claim that for ourselves. Hallelujah. And I like that because, you know, the Bible says your own righteousness is as filthy rags. There's a lot of people that would think they're going to make heaven because they're pretty good. I've talked to them, tried to get them to give their heart to Jesus. Well, not me. I don't really need that because I'm done anything wrong. I don't smoke. I don't drink. thought I was going to say chew, didn't you? Amen. I've never taken drugs. I've never done this. I've never been involved in all these ungodly things that I've lived a clean life. And I, I, I don't know, you know, what, what has God got that I don't already have? I had a young man tell me that just the other day. He said, that's fine for people that are in trouble and people that have pressures and people that have problems and, and drug addicts and alcoholics and stuff like that. But he said, I'm none of that. I've never been that way. He said, I live a good, clean life, pay my bills, make money, keep it for myself, make my life go on. He said, I'm happy, don't have need of anything. Why? What good would it do me? You see, he's building upon his own righteousness. But the Bible said, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Hallelujah. The only righteousness that is going to be any good for you at all is that righteousness which God has imputed in you. Hallelujah. And when that is imputed into your heart and your life, that gives you an ability to come before God without a sense of guilt and say, Lord, I claim my petitions because I know that by the blood of Jesus Christ and by receiving His, Him as Lord over me, 
I receive His righteousness. And Lord, I am Your child and You are my Father. And I come with this bold spirit able to ask and believe that You're going to minister to my needs because I'm one of Your children. Hallelujah. What a tremendous thing it is to know that God was made unto us righteousness. Hallelujah. Whereby we can come unto Him and cry, Abba, Father. Or, in other words, Papa, Papa. Hallelujah. I like that. Just like a little baby running to his dad. Papa, Papa, I'm in trouble. Hallelujah. And God is right there to minister to the needs of His people. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can fool around with a lot of things, but don't fool around with God's kids. Amen. Amen. You ever see an old mother bear turn loose when somebody gets near her cub? Well, God knows how to take care of His children. Praise the name of the Lord. And what a tremendous confidence and peace that it is just to find yourself under the canopy of God's love and protection and provision by accepting Him as Lord over our lives and saying, God, I receive this and I'm going to live in it. Hallelujah. And the Bible said not only that, but He was made unto us sanctification. Which means that we're being set apart. Hallelujah. We're being set apart for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Unto the things of Jesus. Glory to God. And He made unto us redemption. Hallelujah. We are redeemed. We are redeemed. And we're delivered. You know, I heard about a man one time that came down the street, and he saw a little boy that was out there playing, and he had a crude cage that was made out of a box. And inside of the cage that he had built out of wood, and he had a whole swarm of little sparrows. Just, oh, there was probably 50, 100 birds in that little cage thing that he had made. Just all crammed in there, flopping and squealing. And, and that kid was carrying them in that cage. And the man came up to him, and he said, son, he said, what you got there? The boy said, oh, I've got an old cage here I made full of sparrows. He said, well, where'd you get him? He said, well, I caught him. He said, I put some food out on the ground in a box, and, and I get the bird to go under there to get the food, and I'd pull a string, and a box would come down. And he said, I'd catch him and put him in the cage. He said, well, what are you going to do with them? He said, I don't know. He said, they're really not worth anything. They're just sparrows. They're no good. Nobody likes sparrows. He said, I figured I'd take them home and play with them for a while and feed them to the cat and let him eat them or something like that. Man said, well, son, said, how much would you take for them? He said, oh, you wouldn't want to buy these. They're just sparrows. They're not worth anything. And the man said, I realize what they are. But he said, how much do you want for them? Oh, he said, I couldn't sell them for anything because he said they're not worth anything. Just dirty old sparrows. Man said, would you take five bucks? Five bucks, he said. You mean you'd give me five bucks for those sparrows? man said, yeah, I will. He said, you just bought yourself a cage full of sparrows, sir. And he handed him the birds. The man gave him the five dollars. As soon as the man had the birds, he opened up the door of that cage and just let them out. Hallelujah. Those little birds, as they begin to fly out of that cage and fly away, as their wings would whistle as they were going away, it's just as almost as you could hear them say, Redeemed, 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 redeemed. 
You know, when I read that little story, I thought about the devil as how he had come to, to God the Father or Jesus Christ. And, and here he had all of these saints or, or saints that used to be saints. And now they were sinners and he had them all captured because of the fact they had sinned and they'd been born in sin and they were lost and they were bound for a devil's hell. And there wasn't any hope for them at all. And Jesus looked at him and he said, what do you got there? The devil said, I just got a bunch of old, dirty, rotten, filthy sinners. They aren't worth anything at all. Jesus said, where'd you get them? He said, well, I captured them. I tricked Adam and Eve into sinning, and they sinned. And because of that, every one of them was born in sin, and they're just no good. He said, what are you going to do with them? Well, I'm just going to play around with them for a while, and then I'm going to throw them in hell with me. Jesus said, what would you take for them? He said, you don't want them. They're no good. How much would you take for them? You wouldn't want them at all. They're worthless. He said, they'll curse you to your face. You might buy them. But as soon as you do, they'll turn their back on you and they'll turn away from you and they'll just, they'll they'll betray you. You don't want them. They're just rotten, good for nothing sinners. Jesus said, I'll give you my life. I'll die to redeem them if you'll let them go. And I'm sure the devil said, what a worthy, worthy price. Anything to get rid of this Son of God, this one who has come. I'll do anything for that. And Jesus died and redeemed you and I. And church, I want to tell you something. The reason why we have the joy and the salvation that we possess right now, not because we're worthy, not because we have earned it, not because we've been a good individual, but because Jesus Christ gave His life and shed His blood upon the cross uh, and let His life's blood drain out there for you and I. uh, Went through suffering and agony that you might be born again. uh, and what you receive from God is not going to be based upon anything that you do, but by receiving the fact that He is Lord, accepting His Lordship over you, and confessing with your heart and with your mouth and believing in your heart, Jesus Christ can bring salvation to your life that will transform you and that will make you a person completely over again with a new life of total redemption. Hallelujah. The Bible said He was made unto us redemption. And Jesus was made that through His death that you might be saved and that you might be born again. He wants you to be that way. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I give You praise. And I thank You, Lord, for Your Spirit and for Your power. I know, God, that You're alive and that You're real today and that You love every one of us here. And I pray, God, that Your conviction will begin to move upon the lives of these individuals that are present here. For, Lord, I want you to know that I have delivered your word that you have given me to speak, and now the remainder of this service rests up in your hands, and you must deal and convict and draw by the power of your Holy Spirit. While we're pausing for just a moment, I wonder how many would be honest with me tonight. Say, Brother Messer, I feel that conviction inside of me. And I know that God's speaking to my life. I know God's speaking to my heart. I'm, I, I need to make a decision for God tonight. I need to get right with God. I need to be saved to accept Jesus as Lord over me. And I want to do that. Would you just lift up your hand quickly? Slip it up and say, pray for me. I want to get right with God. I want to get right with God. God bless you, sir. Are there others? Come on. You know, God's brought you here tonight that He might save your soul.
God's brought you here tonight that you might hear the Word of God. God has brought you here tonight that you might feel conviction upon your heart, your life, and turn your life to Jesus. Believe in your heart. Confession is made with your mouth that you shall be saved and become the child of God. Hallelujah. Would you slip up your hand? Pray for me, brother. I want to receive Jesus. I want to accept Him. There are others that need to lift your hand tonight and need Jesus Christ right along with this other man. Glory to God. You want to receive Him as Lord. You know the word Lordship means bread provider. And as you come to Jesus Christ and submit yourself to Him and say, Lord, I receive You as my Lord and as my Savior, you're coming under His protection, under His provision, under His love, under His care. And He will begin to minister to you as a father as you begin to take your place as a son. And you're going to experience some of the greatest things that you've ever experienced in all of your life. Would you slip up your hand with these others quickly? Yes, brother, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Slip it up and slip it down. Glory to Jesus. Maybe there's some of you here tonight that are backslidden. So oh, I know what it's all about, brother. I know what it's all about. I've talked to a lot of people who know what it's all about, but they're going to hell. I've been saved. I've been in the church, but I know that I'm not where I ought to be right now. I'm not in the place that God wants me to be. And I need to get there tonight quickly. Slip it up and slip it down. Oh, I feel such a tug and such a pull. I feel such conviction in this place. God is definitely speaking to hearts. There's some of you here tonight that are lost without Jesus. Your life is not right with God. And if you were to die right now, you know you'd be lost. God can't force you into some kind of a decision. He can't make you lift your hand. Only you can be willing to do that, but God is speaking to you now, and you know that there's something lacking in your life. I challenge you, slip up that hand, slip it down, say, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We're going to sing that chorus tonight. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. And as we sing it, I want those that lifted your hand and said, I need Jesus and I need to get right with God. I want you to just slip out right now. Would you do that? And come right on down to this altar here and just make your commitment to God. Just come down here and kneel. Somebody will meet you here. And as we sing that chorus, I want you to come. And church, I want you to keep your mind on the Lord. But there are those people that are all around you tonight. 
If there's someone near you and you're not sure about their experience, you're not sure they're right with God, you just lean over to them and say, come on, brother, come on, sister, I want you to go down. I'll go with you. Let's go together. Bring them down. I feel there are many here tonight that need to get their life right with God. And they just need a little bit of encouragement. If you didn't lift your hand, you know you should have. Somebody around you that's not right with God, you speak to them and say, come on, let's go together as we sing it right now. And I want that brother that lifted your hand, come on, make your stand for God and come right down here to the altar and just kneel. Sing it with me. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. God bless him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sweep over my soul. Glory to Jesus. My rest is complete while I sit at His feet. Sweet Jesus, sweep over my soul. Sing it again to Him. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul, sweet spirit. Sweep over my soul. My rest is complete while I sit at His feet. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Sing it again to him. Sweep over. Oh God, speak to hearts and lives. Shandori beyandalamandoriandaya. Glory to God, sweet spirit. Sweep over. My soul, my rest is complete while I sit at His feet. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. Lift up your hands and let's worship the Lord.